Hello, and welcome to the first episode of The Full Life. And as I am so excited because this is a dream. This has been a dream that I've had for at least a decade, if not longer, because I, as well as the people on this panel, believe that everyone believing in God should be living life to the fullness and living life with abundance. But I understand, and we all understand, that we all come from different Christian doctrines and faith backgrounds. We all come from different social uh, structures that we've had to either overcome or live through or life experiences. And so this show is about that. People from all of those different experiences, those different Christian backgrounds coming together and sharing together to become one body of Christ. And with that, I'm going to intro the panel. She is the lead pastor of King of Kings Community Los Angeles and a dear friend for 15 plus, maybe, I don't know, years. I won't commit <laughs> to a timeline. And of course, a uh, mother of two now teenage boys. It's Jenny Stavali. Hello. So glad to be with you, Joe. I'm so excited about this experience. I'm thrilled to do this. Thank you for joining me. Uh, and she is a minister, she is a worship minister and leader for singing around the world for decades. She is the mother of three kids and someone I have also been talking about doing this show with for 10 years plus. It is Carolyn Pankella. Hi, Joseph. So glad to be with you. I can't wait to see what God does today. Finally, <laughs> finally on the panel joining us, he is the senior pastor of Harrisburg. Brethren in Christ Church. I said it right. And you got it right. Two girls, uh, a new friend to me, but also connected through a friend who I've been talking to about this show for years. So I'm thrilled that he connected us. Welcome, Hank Johnson. Hey, Joe. Thanks for having me. Um, and welcome, everyone else. Glad you're with us. All right. Let's do this. Let's, let's see what God has in store for us today. Uh, obviously, we know we're dealing with an unprecedented time, or at least in our lifetimes. Historically, there have been pandemics before, but we have not had to live through one. And we're now, we've been navigating through that for about two months. Uh, I wanted to ask you guys, because you know, I think we as believers need to show that we're vulnerable too, and we've had to struggle. What have you been struggling with during this time of quarantine, time of fear or scarcity? Jenny. Well, um, as probably most 90% of parents out there, especially mamas, I say school. I think a lot of us, that's been a struggle, even though my kids are uh, in a charter school, they do go to school for the heart classes, uh, math and science. <laughs> so just in the natural, outside of like any kind of big spiritual answer or anything, um, you know, that has been a struggle. Um, I'm also a very, um, I am an uh, out, not outdoorsy. What's the word I'm looking for? We have introverts and extroverts. I'm an extrovert. I'm very extroverted. I love entertaining. That's been a hard thing for me. Mm. Um, I do have one person coming uh, to the house tonight. Uh, and I said, I felt like um, Anna uh, at Elsa's coronation. <laughs> I was like, the window is open. So is that, you know, I was so excited at the idea of just seeing another human being. So that for me has been a struggle where for other people, my family who are introverts, they're loving that part. So it's interesting to see how the struggles are different. Yeah, it doesn't bother me that much. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> Brian's in heaven. My husband, I'm never <laughs> met. doesn't want it to end. <laughs> Carolyn, what's been, what's been your struggle through this? Well, like so many other Americans, we uh, are we own several companies. My husband does, and one of our companies happens to be restaurants mm -hmm. um, in the middle of the heart of the villages, which is um, 
number one retirement community here in Florida. So that has been a little bit of a struggle because, you know, they've practically been shut down. And, you know, mm. I was telling you the last time we were just talking, you know, this has been a faith walk for us because, you know, when you're used to being in control and just being a hard worker and, you know, we're put your hands to the plow, we can do this very positive people, you know, we're hard workers. And then all of a sudden things are just shut. I mean, you have to literally throw up your hands and uh, really surrender to God. And I, you know, been through a really, I can't tell you some, some challenging uh, mm. faith building times of releasing fear, you know, and really standing on the word of God when he said, be anxious for nothing, but in all things. And man, all things sound easy when everything's right, but when everything seems to be sort of crumbling around you, all takes on a different meaning. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Hank? Yeah, I think for me, it's been the things I take for granted. You know, so for example, I'm a pastor at a church. We, I grew up in the church. So it's take pretty much for granted every Sunday you get to see family. Every Sunday you get to see people you love, people who you've journeyed with or journeying with you. Um, it's those things that I think I miss the most, you know, because now we're pretty much doing everything online. Um, personally, it's not being able to just hang out with friends, right? Like it's just checking, are you quarantined? Are you quarantined? How are you doing? Um, and I think the the probably the one I wasn't prepared for is, you know, how do you help when you can't help? You know, there's been several people who have been impacted in ways that are just really, really hard. And to not be able to be physically present with them, to be able to see some of their struggle from afar, to be able to only help so much. I think that was what I wasn't prepared for. You know, I am... I used to say I'm a very extroverted person. Then I got into ministry and now I very much cherish time alone. Um, I get energy from time alone, you know? So yes, yeah, so I think that being able to not help as much as you'd want to for people who severely need it has been actually emotionally taxing and, and spiritually taxing and, and kind of brought me to that same place Carolyn was talking about where when, when things are right, it's easier to trust, you know? But when things are out of your hand, you're, you have to trust even more. And sometimes that can be harder. Well, for us, it was, you know, practically speaking, having a baby in pandemic, that was a new experience for us. Um, thankfully, this it's not our first, so we have some experience. But, you know, for me personally, it was, I thought God exposed a lot in me. You know, I was sort of restless for a couple of days. I was wandering around. I was sort of outbursting and everyone going, but I didn't know why. I didn't know why for like two whole days. It was this ongoing restlessness. And I finally had to sit in my bed, like really just like sort of catatonic and go, what, what? You know, I was just still for a minute. And I finally went over to my wife and said, you know what? I don't think I like myself. <laughs> you know, you're so on the, you're on the wheel all the time. And I just had to get to this point. I was like, I don't think I like myself. You know, I, and I, I, it was an amazing revelation that may not have happened had I not been in this lockdown period. <laughs> so, uh, so that was uh, that was quite oh. the revelation to go through. So I've had to struggle about, okay, now how do I build myself out of that? Now, how mm -hmm. do I change? How do I readjust? And how do I uh, how do I uh, how do I equip myself to help others, as uh, Hank put into put into practice. I wonder how many other people are experiencing that feeling yeah. the same way that never get quiet with themselves and never get alone. That's why so many people are trying to shove so much in, keep busy during quarantine, keep doing this, do that, do that, because maybe we're just afraid to get alone. 
do I like myself when I'm alone? That's do I right. like my life? You know, when it's just by yourself. Do you? Yeah. Do you? I'm very task driven. So it's like I'll, I will sacrifice anything to get the bottom line done. Yeah. But then when there was no bottom line to get done, <laughs> well, I, I didn't like myself. Yeah. So that was a real, real struggle too. You like what you do as opposed to who you are. And that's, yeah. that's the to, challenge. Speaking of which, now, how did you find, start to find some hope? Uh, Carolyn. Well, I'm going to tell you because I'm a worshiper and I know everybody there is probably going to mm -hmm. agree with the same thing. You know, I'm an old fashioned kind of girl, you know, um, when all hope is gone, man, I revert back to Jesus. You know, I say when, um, when everything else is seeming like it's losing its, its safety grip, you know, I just have to go hunker down and man, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie there. I have really, and I think you just saying, I'm so glad you bring it up because I think this time of being alone and going through the struggles, however it's been, I, it, whatever everybody has gone through, I think it's exposed a lot of ourselves. Yeah. We really are. And I think it's made us sort of deal with ourselves, which I think is a beautiful thing. And, um, you know, I have to tell you, I, I went on and I hope it's okay to say this now that it's over with, but I went on an 80 day fast mm -hmm. and literally just went and got before God saying, Lord, I just opened myself up to you saying, expose in me anything that needs to be changed. Any Anything that is taking place of you. I mean, I'm just being honest. It, it, right. I went on an all open thing of saying, God, just you see mm -hmm. me anyway. So I might as well expose myself to you. And then I just would get up at every morning at 530 and just come down and just get alone with the Lord. I would worship. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I would sit silent. Sometimes I would just lay the word over top of my chest and my stomach and go, God, I'm just I'm just going to stand. Just let your word breathe life into me and hope mm -hmm. and you know, I have to tell you, I just had your travail through it. And, and honestly, I feel like what God has done for me, if I can just share this is yeah. I, I went through this thing, going to church the other morning to lead worship. And he gave me these three things. And it was, one was Carolyn, in your being still, I want you to wait. Hmm. And he told me, he said, waiting is not a noun. It's a verb. Mm -hmm. and, you know, it's that scripture, Isaiah 40, 31, those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Sometimes we hate the waiting. It's not fun. That's mm -hmm. not a fun time. We want to get things to move quick. We live in such an instantaneous uh, society. And the next thing he told me to do is then I want you to accept whatever answer I give you. I want you to accept it, that all things work together for good. Hank, it's what we were just talking mm -hmm. about. All means all, even in Hebrew. Mm -hmm. And so that means the good, the bad, the ugly. And so maybe it's not how I wanted it to be. Maybe it's not how I, you know, standing on God's word, fast and praying. I mean, God is not a vending machine. You know, we, we stand on his word and then he gives us the answer. And then he says, just accept it without bitterness and accept it with graciousness. And then he said, I want you to expect. I want you to expect that no good thing will I withhold to those who walk uprightly and that he can take when we look down to nothing, that we're down to nothing. God can speak life over it. And so I have to be honest, that's what I've been doing is just standing on God's word. Mm -hmm. When we're down to nothing, God's up to something. Mm -hmm. I like that. Yeah. Hank, how about you? Yeah, I think for me, it's been um, having God shift my perspective, you know. So, for example, it's very easy for us to be like, oh, it's COVID and this is all we've lost and this is all we can't do. Um, I've really found peace going back to the Old Testament prophets, you know, um, 
I am maybe quarantined in my house, but I still have my family and my children and Netflix, right? Um, this isn't Assyria or Babylon coming to conquer and kill all of us, right? Um, so I think that Old Testament perspective has been helpful to just get me to shift. And then the other way I would say is just in people um, as well, just seeing the body of Christ be the body of Christ. I've been really, really encouraged by how people in our church and my family and my various communities are just embracing this as creative ways to love, creative ways to share, um, creative ways to help out each other. Um, and the one scripture I think that's kind of been really, really helpful that brings these two together is a pretty familiar passage in Lamentations 3. Lamentations is not the most hopeful of the um, scriptures. In fact, it's called Lamentations, right? Yeah. Um, the fall of Jerusalem. But what's interesting is the heart of Lamentations 3, which is important because in the Old Testament, New Testament too, they wrote in scrolls. And these people were brilliant enough to know that some of us like reading the back of the book and thinking we know everything's in it. Um, so what they would do with the scroll is they would, they would literally put the most important thing they wanted you to hold on in the scroll in the middle. Because if you picture the two scrolls being rolled up together, when you open it up, the first sentence is going to be that middle passage. So a lot of these mm -hmm. Old Testament writers put their most important word in the middle. And so, Lamentations 3, um, 22 to 26, kind of go into that. And it's just a familiar passage, but it reminds us that like, we are not consumed because of God's love will never be consumed mm. because of God's love. You know, he's faithful and that's new to us every morning and his mercies never fail. His compassions fail not. So that's just been really, really helpful way to bring it together for me. And Jenny. Well, I love that great is thy faithfulness is right there in limitations, you know, in the middle of lamenting, you still have. God's faithfulness. And we see that all throughout the word of God. And I think that's something we need to remember. That's why we do overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Um, you know, it's why women, I think, are so quick to, uh, when another girl's pregnant, we want to share our story. I think there's something about encouraging others that we can get through it. And that's where the word of God is so great. We, if you look back and you think about our crisis and our trial we're in now, these are but light afflictions compared to what some others have gone through. You know, and then we also know that they're temporary, of course, as the word of God reminds us. We reminded that Jesus said, in this world, you're going to have trouble. And anybody that preaches to you that you're not going to have trouble, they're teaching you a false doctrine. In this world, you will have tribulation, but we have good cheer, that we have cheer in those things. And that um, we understand, I think, just clinging to the word of God, as both of you guys, you know, you guys have said thus far. And, and I love that you mentioned, you know, the idea of waiting, um, you know, how it is an active word. In Hebrew, the word is kava, and it means to wait with expectation, wait expecting God to do something, not waiting, twiddling our thumbs, waiting, you know, waiting for Jesus to return, waiting for what's going to happen and just sort of sitting around, but it's actively um, expecting God to move. I love, was it uh, Oral Roberts or was it Catherine Coleman that used to say, I expect a miracle. And I think we need to live our lives expecting good things. Sometimes I go into situations, I might seem like, you know, so positive that sometimes I feel bad because I'm going, what's God doing in this? Because when I when we're in trial, when we're in tribulation, I'm expecting that God is about to do something great because I have seen it in his word. I've seen it do over and over again. I've never seen the righteous forsaken or seed begging for bread. So I know that God is about to do something great. So that's what really continues to help me when I get frustrated, irritated, uh, you know, at some of these things to remember God is up to something. I, I love that you said that because I love that scripture. It says nothing is impossible with God. And if you break it down, it means 
No thing is possible. <laughs> and I love that because, you know, we may not get the thing we want, but we will get something because no thing is impossible. And that just fills me with so much hope. Yeah. Yeah. Well, for me, uh, it's jumping off you, Jenny, what the thing that he's working on for me and you never expecting God to work. Well, he worked pretty darn fast after he exposed that, uh, exposed that in my heart, because I have to say we have never communicated better. Nina and I, because I, I, I let whatever burden was going on inside of me, you know, mm. like whatever that, you know, so he's really done a work with me. And I realized that I really have to do with the kid. I'm, I teach the kids every day with this is Psalm 118, 24. Mm. This is the day. I know Jenny's been saying it too. Every time. <laughs> the Lord has made, I add for them, be happy and have a good attitude in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I get that in the morning. But, but, but I realize, you know, I'm teaching it, but I'm not, Am I practicing it as much as I'm teaching it? So I really just like, this has been a nice, quiet time for me with some unexpected joys. You know, we've been cooking a lot, uh, a little bit more together, which we've never really has time to do. In fact, we uh, we we have a video that I'm going to toss to here that, you know, we decided to make the Disney grilled cheese uh, that came out of the internet, the recipe. It has like four different kinds of cheeses in it, as you'll see. I thought it was excellent, but the kids had other ideas. Here's today's quarantine cuisine. The Disney World grilled cheese. So first you do some cream cheese. Mm -hmm. So then we need to do some cheddar cheese. Pretty good, Serena. All right, this is heavy cream. That's garlic in the mayonnaise. Lady. What did you think? Good. <laughs> I think these are all ready. Oops. Okay, Brielle, are you going to help mommy put the cheese on? Yeah. 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 Good job. Very good. That was a little bit of like a mind process. Okay. Hashtag we're done. All right, so we're gonna take our cream cheese, cheddar cheese spread and put it on our, our cheese. Oh, cheese on cheese. Cheese, cheese on cheese, of, cheese action. Oh cheese, oh here it is. Okay, garlic and mayo. Is this gonna be messy to hold? Yeah. Okay, this is gonna taste good. Slather. We're gonna get a bunch of slather. Oh, oh beautiful. Yeah. Okay. Judges? I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to eat it. Well, we tried. <laughs> you should have shifted the Pennsylvania. My kids are uh they're they're becoming very uh I don't know who they get it from, but their palates are very, very interesting. So they would have loved it. I'm pretty, I'm happy none of them are in the room to see this video on Disney grilled cheese too. 
So I, I appreciate <laughs> yeah, that. It's it's very fancy, you know. The yeah, whole, they, they would love it. All this stuff in it, just this spread and all this. Anyway, um, so I, I wanted to ask you, Hank, is there has there been any unexpected joys for your family, unexpected yeah. outcomes that were really joyful in this time? Yeah. So I think one of the things that's been amazing is to just learn me learning to be present. You know, mm. me learning to put the computer down. You know, me learning to put the phone down. Um, watching them play together. You know, they're six and four. And for a couple of years there, the older one was feeling out the younger one or frustrated that she couldn't keep up with her. Well, now she can keep up, you know? So I think one of the things is just being able to watch them. Another simple one is my six-year-old's in kindergarten. So she's been getting sight words and, mm-hmm. you know, she, she'd oh, been yeah. told, um, it's not because of me, mostly because her mom and grandmom, she's pretty much advanced, you know? So she's been getting pulled for reading because she was reading at a higher level, but it's like COVID happened and now she's reading books, you know? So I kind of feel like I've been reading about it and hearing about it, but now I see it. So that's been like probably an unexpected one because I look at it, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is, you read, you know? And what a Um, joy, Hank, it is to see that happen because my daughter did the same thing too. And I was like, you know what? I probably wouldn't have seen Exactly. Happen in the same way if I was yep. working every night, you know, that's been amazing. Four, four or five books together with her. Yeah. Yep. So it happened, you know. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. I've never appreciated Dr. Seuss more than now. <laughs> yeah. All right. What's on to what's on? Oh, I tried to do a Dr. Seuss thing. I can't do it. Jenny, you can have one for you. <laughs> well, Brian can quote all, my husband can quote all the Dr. Seuss stuff for you right now. He, he knows all of them. I, I actually try to make up stories for my kids that sound like Dr. Seuss. Yeah, I, I used tried to, to come up with a cute segue and then I couldn't do it. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, well, I've definitely done a lot more cooking. I've always been quite, you know, a cook. And that, I mean, since I was young, my parents would go out on a date and they'd come home and there'd be 42 biscuits in the kitchen. I've, I've always kind of, that's been my de-stressor. Um, so I've learned how to taught myself how to make ricotta cheese. That one was fun. There's a video on YouTube on Jenny cooks on YouTube. Um, and uh, I uh, just taught myself to make mozzarella cheese. That one's kind of fun as well. And so I've enjoyed that. Um, you know, Joe, you probably know, I've, I've spent so much of my life traveling. Um, even before I had kids, Brian and I were on the road doing Broadway shows and stuff. And, um, and then in ministry and traveling, just traveling, traveling, traveling. I, you know, I've never quite stayed still this long, but I actually kind of like it. Mm-hmm. It's weird. It's sort of scary. Becoming an introvert. Huh? I know. I know. That's not going to happen. I told you. I'm. I'm <laughs> Anna. You know, as opposed to Elsa. I'm like open up the shades. I'm excited. But there's a beauty that I have found in like just enjoying my backyard and, and enjoying the fruit of my labor, which when we go, 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 we don't really get to, you know, enjoy the fruit of our labor very often. There's a beauty so in that. that has been definitely in the nature and the, there's a beauty in the nature and everything that yeah. you can see there that, you know, again, we don't get to see. So. Yeah. Yeah. Carolyn. I love it. You know, I think for me, I think it comes back to that slowing down. I don't think we realized how busy we had just got, my kids are older and man, when it went to a halt and we realized that man, the after school stuff. And I mean, we were running sometimes and we're big cooks. I mean, so we would be cooking dinner at seven, sitting down together, but we just realized how much we were running mm. and when we stopped. We were like, wow, we were really tired. 
And we didn't even realize, you, you know, how exhausted we were. And we just began to take bike rides. I mean, we were still working because one of my husband's businesses, he, we do landscaping and, and all. So he was still an essential business. So he had to be out some. But we got my kids writing letters to ladies in nursing homes and becoming pen oh, And we, it was so sweet. At first, they were really nervous. Mom, what do we say? And then, you know, writing letters People don't do that anymore. Yeah. And I thought, well, how sweet it would be for somebody to get something in the mail because yeah. they're alone. And um, so do that. yeah, what was that again? Well, so I'm going to tell my church family members to do that. Yeah. I love that. Well, I'll tell you now more than ever, because I have heard, we've got several friends that have people in nursing homes. If they were alone before because people were so busy, now they're not allowed to go in. I mean, I have friends that will not be able to see their family again before they pass. Because these are unprecedented times that we are living in. And, you know, my heart is saying we need to get creative here. We need to get creative. Well, that circles back to something Hank was touching on about why he was feeling so, you know, stifled in how to help people. So, Hank, you know, what have yeah. you come up with some creative ideas? And yeah, so it was funny. So in a sermon, I was like talking about how this can be a Sabbath for us, not just a pandemic. And what do you do in Sabbath? You unplug, you reconnect mm -hmm. with God, you reconnect with family. Um, you also get a chance to maybe tackle things that you know, in the extended Sabbath that this, I, I thought this was going to turn into, you're going to have time to do stuff. So at a line in there where I was like, hey, that project you've been working on, or you've been pushing down the, the, the kicking down the can or whatever, um, <clears throat> that big thing that you want to do, you can't do, use this time to do it. So the cool thing that happened is someone from our church heard that and they're like, oh, this is a good idea. We should have something on the website. And and that took on a life of its own. And now on our website, we have this gallery of Sabbath creations. And it's everything oh. from kids' artwork to people making oh, meals to people um, doing projects for their neighbors and stuff. Awesome. Um, and then the other cool Great. one, too, has been how people um, are donating money financially in this hard time to people in need in our church. You know, So there's people who are like, hey, we're doing OK financially. Um, we are grateful for this check you know from the government but we're okay we're still both working can we just donate to this church to to help whoever's in need so that's been another no, way right? that's been amazing no. excuse me so you told them no right you won't oh, yeah, take their of course. Money. yeah i was like no that's not that's not helping each other that's not helping people in need you know um yeah so that's just been two ways that's been kind of cool to see just our body be the body you know in the creativity yeah. but then also in resources we have that we can share with one another and, you know, yeah. sometimes I love hearing you say that because sometimes it's in the slowing down mm -hmm. that we actually, instead of texting somebody, how are you doing? We yep. pick up the phone. How are you doing? There's, I, I just feel like we're being, like you're saying, being more the body. I mean, finding out what the needs are. I mean, we've just had people that couldn't get out of their house. They're so full of fear yeah. of, mm. of just getting sick that, man, we would go yeah. and just, let us go to the grocery store for you. You know, we're healthy. Let us go and we'll drop it off. And sometimes they would just open up the door. Just, you know, we're built for connection. I, I, I honestly, not to get over spiritual, but I see a little bit of the enemy way in this um, because we are so built for connection. And man, when you get people isolated, you're exactly. seeing depression at an all time high. You're seeing people yeah. drinking like never before you're seeing the abuse. I mean, women, children, I mean, this is serious times for us as 
the body of Christ to really shine. I feel that. So that, that leads into my next question, though, is how have you grown? How has God challenged you to grow? Carolyn, how would you grow? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I think I've learned to surrender a little yes. bit. You know, we we have our plans. And uh, I love how God says you make your plans, but then I'll direct your path. And I think the biggest thing I'm learning is really to let go. We, we think we're so in control. Mm -hmm. We are not. And I think I'm really learning just to surrender and to rest in the Lord going, God, all of this is yours. And what I, I either trust that the plans that you have for me are greater than I have for myself. And I just surrender it all to you. I surrender my dreams, my hopes, my fears. Here it is. It's all yours. And let me tell you, that's not an easy place. But oh, the no. more I let go, Joseph and Hank, the more I let go, the more peace I get in my life. Mm -hmm. the, more the world is just sort of letting, it's letting go of its hold on me. And I'm Amen. just hunkering into the word. Amen. You know, as a pastor of a, of a new congregation, a new community, and, you know, it can be hard to just suddenly have that ripped away. Um, but really, you know, God was showing me, first of all, that he knows the end from the beginning. It was a reminder because when we started this church, um, like I said, less than a year ago, before we started, I heard in my spirit that I kept hearing the words, the early church, the early church. Mm -hmm. And I didn't even understand what that fully meant, even though I understand the early church, but I didn't realize how much that was going to apply to now. And that is the early church went from house to house. They met in small groups. And I think mm -hmm. we are going into a season of that. And especially in California, when we've been told we have three to six months before churches can meet again, um, <clears throat> he calmed my spirit beforehand because he already gave me the information by saying not to be afraid of that. Um, and, you know, I was as I was saying in the beginning, he's helped me with technology uh, before everyone. You know, we had a lot of people saying you need to be on online church. You need to you know, have an online campus. And I was resistant. No, no, no. I'm going to just be the people with me. Well, we've realized now how many people we now have, you know, coming to church on Sundays, opposed to our little handful of like, you know, brand new church, 50 people mm -hmm. or so. We have a thousand people watch online and, and not because I care about the numbers, but that's more people. We get testimonies from people that are being reached. And I was resistant before. So God has kind of helped me in that with the technology. But again, remembering that idea that we can still get the gospel. We can get the gospel out better now than ever before. People are mm -hmm. online Watching. And so God knows what he's doing, even in the midst of things. So that's been something that God has helped yeah. me to grow in, uh, to just remember that if he tells me something before, store that thing away. And then when it comes back, you go, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You told me early church. So I didn't have to freak out when I the like governor says I like three what you said, I think, on your Facebook page where it's never really been easier to share your faith. Just exactly. Exactly. Hit the button. Yeah, exactly. You know, uh, uh, we talk, I, I, was, I said something about how the virus, you know, if, if the virus is so contagious because somebody that's carrying it gets around other people that catch it, yeah. well, think about the gospel that we carry inside. How contagious can that can be if we carry the gospel and we just get around other people and share it by just even sharing through technology, how that can be as contagious in a good way, yeah. um, you know, as this virus is. So, it's a good season for that. Sharing is caring. Hank, what has your growth been? Yeah, so for me, um, theologically, um, it's been just reminded of Jesus saying, you know, I'm the vine, you're the branches, my father's the gardener. Mm -hmm. And that passage is showing this interconnectedness between us and Jesus, us and the father. And in that same passage, he says, you know, abide in me and the way you abide in me is following my commandments. Um, and then he also calls us to love one another. 
So that's kind of been where I am. So one of the things we've been challenging our church is to not even look at this as simply a pandemic season, but as a growing season, because if we're abiding in Jesus, we're living by the spirit. And if we're living by the spirit, the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, self-control, and all those things. So I think one of the ways I've been growing and practically is taking that knowledge and then just taking a step back and realizing that Jesus is all about presence. You know, Jesus can be preaching and the disciples are like, hey, kids, be quiet, be quiet. He's preaching. This is the good part. And Jesus is like, no, 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 let the little children come unto me. Um, he can walk through a crowd and it's like, who touched me? You know, so one of the things I really, really are, or people are coming to arrest them. He's like, okay, come here, Malchus. I'll fix your ear. Peter, put the sword away. That's not what we came for, you know? Um, Jesus is also always very present. So one of the things I've really been challenged is how to be present wherever I'm present. You know, I talked a little bit about how I'm doing that with family, but in church, um, with people, now that you're meeting online, how do you be present there? Right. And one quick way I've done that is to just stop complaining about it. You know, like a lot of people I've, I was watching would be like, oh, I'm so sorry, guys. I wish we could be together. It's another yeah. Zoom meeting. It's another, you know, stream yard. I just don't want to do it. And, and that attitude that we have transforms and, and it goes on to our people, you know? So one of the ways right. I've been trying to combat that is reminding myself, kind of what Jenny was saying, your expanded platform and how many different people are getting to hear. And one of the ways it's touched me personally is we have shut-ins, people who can't physically come out to church every yeah. week. Now they're joining at the same time and worshiping with us. We're also a very missional church. You know, we have people, I think in every continent, you know, but now they get to, no matter what time of day it is, because we're going live at a certain time, we can worship with our missionaries for the first time ever. And we're a very old church. We're young with me at the helm, I guess, leading, you know, we're very youngish in age, but the old, um, the, the church is almost 200 years old and how long we've been in our city and community. So it's just really, really cool that in all these years, now we're getting this chance to worship with our missionaries at the same time. Um, so that's just another practical way I've, I've really been growing and appreciating. But you know, I also think it's a great time to reach people who, maybe have gone away from church yes. people who have maybe been tainted or hurt or something by something. I think that people sometimes fear anxiety when we're looking for peace, we're looking for joy. Sometimes it makes us go back mm -hmm. to our first love. And mm -hmm. I think there's some that are returning. I think there's mm -hmm. some people looking for peace, looking for answers. I think we're getting a lot of people. I know for me, even just people who have been tuning into little things that I've been doing too. It's man. Some of them are saying, you know, I'm not really a faith believer, but man, I felt, I felt something. I felt mm -hmm. something. I had peace. I felt joy or I was brought mm -hmm. to tears. You know, it's that reconnection, that, that place that we can begin that conversation again. Mm -hmm. I just think God is, I'm telling you, I'm excited because I think God is up to something. I really do. I hope he's up to something with this very show. And I and that's mm -hmm. been my challenge is launching this. <laughs> I wanted to do it for a long time, but my goodness, when you start to do it uh, spiritually and not, you meet a lot of resistance. Mm -hmm. You have to figure out a lot of different stuff. And uh, there have been some nights where Nina's picked me up off the floor. Uh, I can't do this. It's not going to work. You know, and I, I, so to see this here and believe that God is in it um, has been my struggle of faith through the whole thing. What I wanted to say is just that, that given that this show, and this is our first episode, and it's called The Full Life. Yeah, for all of you, how do you see? a full life with God, you know, how does God want us to live 
a full and abundant life. Uh, Jenny? Well, we have to first understand that um, really an abundant life was Jesus's mission statement. Nowhere else in the Bible does he actually say, I have come for, which then when we fill the blank after that, that's someone's mission statement. This is why we're here. He says, this is why I'm here for you to have life and life more abundantly. And I think the, that starts, I wrote a whole book on this. My, my book, as you know about, that came out last year, title some people might not like, uh, but it was just uh, used to kind of get people's attentions called Jesus was a liberal living life uh, more abundantly. And so uh, it was not, it's not political at all, um, but it's about his, his encouragement for us to have the liberal full life. And I think the first thing is what we focus on. I think with our, you know, in our faith sometimes, you know, I was raised in church where you hear so often, you know. Oh, we lost no! you. Oh, oh, she's just getting so into it. Hey, no. Oh, we might have to find her a new spot. All right, Hank, you're up. Yeah, so for me, um, what does it mean to live the full life? For me, it, it first of all, brings us back to Jesus. Um, it's not just Jesus wants us to have a full life. What does that mean? But who is Jesus? So for me, it's been getting back and centered. I was blessed to be in um, a setting where I had to answer, who is Jesus? Who is Jesus to me? So for me, it's answering, Jesus is Lord, but is he the Lord of my heart? You know, the Old Testament explanation of heart wasn't feeling or emotion, but it was mind, body, soul. Um, hopes, gifts, abilities, resources. Uh, so for me, when I think about that abundant life is, is Jesus Lord? Um, and then the second mm. one is the reminder um, that Jesus came for the world. So one of the things that's fascinating is most of us who come into Christianity here in the West, you know, we probably at some point had someone teach us John 3.16. However, we hear that verse as, for God so loves Hank. You know, but it's right there in the, the, the most evangelistic verse we have for God so loved the world. So when I think about abundant life, it's not necessarily about me and mine, but it's about the kingdom of God. And what does that look like? What does it mean that Jesus came for the world? What does it mean that Jesus loves the world? What does it mean that God has called me, called Joe, called Jenny, called Carolyn to partner with him to make the kingdom come? Um, the one thing for sure we know Jesus preached on more than anything else was his kingdom. You know, so I think for all of us, when we think about abundant life, it should be grounded in the kingdom. If that's the thing he talked about the most, that's the thing we need to be teaching and proclaiming. What is the kingdom of God? What does it look like? And that's what the key to abundant life is for me is God's kingdom here on earth. And that's been my key too, um, is because I've had a ton, I mean, I, it goes with everything that he's exposed about me, but there's been a ton of anxiety, whether it's been personal, you know, my, doubts about myself, doubts about this show uh, happening uh, in any project or any, you know, next phase in your life. It's been that anxiety. Uh, so I think living in a full abundant life is really about living with a piece of Christ, you know, I think learning and it's not this joyous laughter you know that you're, you're on a high all the time but this constant contentment in anything that you're going to face mm -hmm. um so, and uh i just i i loved uh reading today i think i read uh philippians 4 6 through 7 uh, and it's, do not be anxious about anything but and then ecclesiastes 5 18 where it tells you to be joyous in your toil toiling and you're yeah. it's like well i definitely <laughs> work to do there I definitely have work to do in that. Uh, Carolyn, how about you? And then we'll let Jenny wrap us up since we get to the end of the point. Yeah. You know, I, I think, and I, I loved hearing everybody. I could just sit and listen to everyone speak today. I, I think I'm getting more out of this than maybe anybody. But, uh, you know, it's 
for me, it's Jesus plus nothing equals everything. And that's a big statement because we live in such a society today that is always promoting something, something to fill the space, something to almost silence the quiet. Everything's got to fill something up. And I feel like if we can just really let go of all this stuff around us, things that I call it like we squeeze it, we think it's gold, but it's really just it, it just goes shattered. It just turns to dust in our hands. I think if we can bring it back to just really, it's Jesus plus nothing. I say it again, is everything. He is my peace. He is my joy. There is nothing in this world that offers me the peace. And I think through all this, we have realized how quickly everything that we put our hopes in or put our joy in or put our self-worth in or our self-esteem Anything could be shaken, was shaken so that all that can remain shall remain. That's a scripture. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's all been shaken around us to show us that none of that stuff matters. What matters is our relationship with Jesus Christ, our hope, our salvation, our peace and our joy. And then it's the things that he's given around us that are imperishable. It's our family. It's our who are we taking to heaven with us? I mean, to me, it's it shot something in me like never before that we've got to get this message of hope out of Jesus Christ mm-hmm. because the world, anything that we thought mattered, it can be quickly gone. Mm-hmm. And then what do you have? What do you have? Mm-hmm. Well, as I was starting to say before, you know, I think in our lives we spend a lot of time, uh, you know, we, we as Christians, um, you know, I was raised, you know, if you died today, where would you go? If you died today, where would you go? And that's really important. And we need to not leave that message. But we have to remember Jesus talked about life. And I think it's really important that we understand that it's not just about going to heaven, at least for Christianity. That was kind of the idea growing up. What are you going to do to get to heaven? What do you do to get to heaven? But living the kingdom life, remember Jesus said, the kingdom is here and it is now. It is in your hearts. Yeah. And so what you focus on, what you become, you know, what becomes your predominant thoughts are the things you gravitate towards. So if we're going to have an abundant life, we need to focus more on his life. When I was in Jerusalem, right before we moved back to America, I used to live in Israel. I remember praying in the Jerusalem Tower and I heard and I was asking God about the next steps of my life and where we should be going. Should we be staying in Israel, moving, yada, yada. And I heard the Holy Spirit speak to me, go back and tell people about my life. And I kept like asking God, and you can read more about it in my book. But he said, tell people to stop focusing on my so much on my death, but what my life brings to them. And that might seem blasphemous to somebody, but it's not that he ever said anything about don't acknowledge my death. We have to, the death and resurrection. That is how we have grace. That is how we can come boldly before the throne. Um, but we have to focus on the fact that he came to give us life, life abundantly. What are we doing to pursue that life? Jesus said, unless you come to me as a young child, you you can't come. How are we, what does that even mean? How are we embracing that coming to him as a child? He said, if you don't, um, you know, obey my commandments, you're not in me. You don't love me. What does that mean? We need to explore that. What are his commandments? They're a lot more than just love your neighbor. As most people think, well, love was his only commandment. No, there's more to it. And the whole idea of commandments were always given to us so we could have an abundant life. 
Even in the Old Testament, God said to them, you're going into this land that you've never been to. Obey all these commandments that it may be well with you and that you may be able to possess the promise. But in Christianity, we think, oh, there's no commandments. There's no anything. We just have to, we have grace, grace. That's wonderful. But then why are we living a full, abundant life? And I think it's because of what we're focusing on. And, and are we focusing on a obeying him on what he has to say? Are we focusing on what he's told us to do and pursuing that fully? Are we embracing the fullness that life has to offer? God commands seven parties in the Bible and we've just, you know, said, oh, well, that's Old Testament, doesn't matter, without realizing he wants us to embrace that. Are we embracing Shabbat, a time to have a Sabbath rest and charge up and be with family and make a fabulous these are all wonderful things that we find in the word of God that help our abundant life moving abundantly. All right. Y'all are laughing at me now. Why are we laughing? We're, no, no I, we're enjoying it and just loving you get passionate and to share. You know, it's it's funny. You can't really tell people to be excited about abundant life and be like, yeah. But she got Jesus, on that role. You can feel Jesus it. wants you to have abundant life. No, you, you're you giving it to us. You know, we, Not appreci- right we appreciated it. <laughs> Well, I can't think of a better first episode. I mean, I think we've talked about uh, what people are going through, and I think we've tried to show what a full life could be to everyone. And I want to reach out to everyone that is watching and say, I hope you take the journey with us because we want you to, to live a daily life with you. We want to keep encouraging you. We want to keep sharing our struggles so you know that your struggles aren't that strange that we're doing it too as believers and that we welcome everyone to take that journey with us so you can live a full and abundant life thank you so much everyone for joining us for this first episode we have so much more to talk about but we've talked for 45 minutes and it has been terrific uh so until next time we'll see you on the full life (laughs) Bye, Bye, everyone.